Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. All right, everybody, welcome back to another GDT Tuesday. It is March 1st, 2022. I am your host, Cody Coster, with Mr. John Spainhauer from downtown Chicago. John, how you doing? Doing great today, Cody. How about yourself? Hey, man, doing well. 40 degrees out here in Michigan. The snow is melting. The sun is shining. Couldn't be any better. Well, that is good to hear, sir. I hope it's not the end of the snowmobile season for you. Wow, that doesn't bother me too much, but I tell you what does make my life a little bit better was a little bullish GDT auction today. Boy, I tell you, Cody, if uh, you were looking for a positive narrative in the dairy industry today, you don't have to look much further than the result of this auction this morning. As you stated there, it was a bullish result. There's a few things that stand out. First of all, the auction was up on the overall composite index. It was up 5.1%. That's just on the heels of that, you know, historically here, just kind of going ever higher and higher and higher really not slowing down or losing any of its trajectory. If we look at the overall composite index today, it's going to settle at $5,065. As far as I can tell, that is a record high on the composite index. And so the the GDT price index is going to be, you know, cracking in here at at a record high. And, uh, you know, just a lot of standout stories in here today. First of all, let's go to the big dog of the auction. Whole milk powder came in at 5.7% higher. This is not a record high. It feels like we're approaching it. But in reality, if you go back to 2014, we actually made it up, I believe, to $6,000 whole milk powder. The difference is during that point in time is that all of the other products really weren't coming along with it. That was a an exclusively whole milk powder story back then. Today, what we can say is that this is a all dairy products kind of story or most dairy products kind of story, I should say, for those in the permeate industry. Uh, if we look at it, though, whole milk powder, again, 5.7% higher. Go to skim milk powder. We're at 4.7% higher. Putting that skim milk powder on a U.S. dollars per pound basis, we're at 203 skim. So this is really the first time in a long time, I think since 2014, that we, you know, we've been able to pull the non-fat side or the skim side of things up. And then you go to butter, butter up 5.9%. If we translate that New Zealand butter price into dollars per pound and on an 80% basis, we're talking $3.14 butter if it was translatable here into the U.S. However, I would have to say that the product that really had the biggest gains here today was the cheddar market. It came in 11% higher today. And translating that back, we are talking $2.90 cheddar on the GDT. So really some very strong gains across the board today and cheddar being the the standout commodity. However, whole milk powder and butter and skim all coming in right behind it and posting some impressive gains. And again, helping us get to a record composite index. Now, the interesting part, John, you and I have covered this before, but on the class three and class four side, if you look at the EU in class three, they're sitting about about $26.95 right now. Uh, New Zealand, $30.71. US of A, $21.65, give or take. Why such the disconnect, almost $9 difference to the GDT on the class three side? You know, Cody, I think it all has to come down to, uh, well, it, it's just going to come down to the two 
points that we've discussed many times on this uh, illustrious podcast. And that is, and those two points, in my opinion, are one, just to start out with, we've put in a lot more cheddar capacity in the last few years than we've put in class four capacity. So when milk got tight here, yeah, the cheese plants still got their milk. It was the class four plants that didn't. It That probably helped the class four price here in the U.S. go higher than class three. Looking at it right now, class four is 25-22 against the class 3 2165. That's been a pretty relatively uh, static relationship here for the last few months. And so, you know, we, we can say that that probably comes down a little bit to we're producing more cheese here than we are butter powder. However, as it relates again, probably more specifically to your question, and we look at it through the lens of why are we so cheap compared to the international markets, where again, we've got New Zealand cheese at 290 and the EU at 252. Here the US is at $1.98. I would say it just comes down to these shipping factors. We continue to run into these problems. We continue to hear about them. However, we continue to see when we look at the actual export numbers, it looks like we're seeing some really big numbers go out the door. Cheese exports are are on track to be doing very well. And if we go back into the course of the last month or so, it seems as though there have been some more bookings that have taken place. And those that's really helped the cheese market at least get to this $2 area. I still think it can go higher, specifically on these export demands. But at the same point in time, we have to remember that we are at $2 and it's taken a lot of work to get here. And that has probably come more recently on the heels of fresh export orders. Absolutely. Every time we get to $2 cheese, it seems like we kind of come off, uh, you know, the next following sessions. Uh, not, not too hard. You know, we always climb back to $2. Like you said, it's a steady grind higher, but we always tend to get back there. Speaking of exports, I know a lot of the phone calls that I've fielded this week uh, alone have been the war with Russia and Ukraine. Now, not a big deep dive into it, but can you kind of touch on what is happening in that part of the world and how that could affect some of our exports going to different regions? Well, I guess let me start this piece of the conversation by saying, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, I thought no one would ever do what uh, this gentleman has done because it's just crazy. And, uh, you know, there are too many consequences involved and no one in their right mind would do that. And here we stand today with an invasion. And I have to say, you know, standing back from it, that is just as crazy today as it was when we thought about it a few weeks ago. Nevertheless, I was wrong about that, about uh, just how crazy this person was and where we could end up. So take that with a grain of salt as we move through this part of the discussion. But I would say that you know, it, it is crazy what has happened and very, very unfortunate. And I would imagine that anybody listening to this call would agree with me on that or agree with us. Very sorry to hear that. And our, our hearts go out to the people of Ukraine and, and we hope that we see a better day for them. However, as we look at it through the perspective of your question, Cody, I think we have to kind of break it down from both supply and demand. We have some people doing some pretty good work or trying to diagnose this from a demand perspective. I guess I would say that if we go back in time several years ago, we already went through this once through the uh, invasion of Crimea and uh, the explosion of a passenger plane over Ukraine. And the results of that were a lot of the Euro-Russian trade shut down, specifically on agricultural products. 
So while there's always probably still been some agricultural trade taking place there, a lot of it was shut down. And to the best of my knowledge, it never really opened back up. So when we see this happen and we see sanctions and everything else going on and boycotts, I just don't know that we're going to see a lot of European, you know, Russian trade disappear. There's going to be some other countries that do do business with Russia. And I suspect that those people are going to have to think twice moving forward here as it relates to just how badly they want to do business with Russia. If it does come down to that, I guess there'll probably be some, uh, uh, you know, that could be some demand destruction and it might put a little bit more free to sell product back on the market. But I think what we really have to focus on here, Cody, is the supply side of things. And if we look uh, specifically at this situation, the Ukrainian agricultural sector has as a net exporter of wheat and corn and all kinds of other agricultural products to the rest of the world. Some of it going to Russia, I'm sure, but a lot of it uh, over the years sounds like it's been heading to destinations otherwise. And that that wheat and corn and, and all things agriculture have been part of the supply demand balance sheet. And I think we have to go ahead and say that that trade is going to be disrupted. And if we look at the grain market side of things here right now, it's just going bonkers. I don't know uh, of another phrase to say it. I mean, there's a lot of volatility in there, but it's volatility at the highs. And before I walked in here today, the wheat market was limit bid into new highs. And it's looking like we're just going to keep going crude oil. I know that's not an agricultural standpoint, but still an input side of things, you know, up above a hundred bucks. So I guess I would look at it through the frame of reference that this war is disrupting those commodities and those commodities, as we bring them back to dairy from a dairy specific level are a huge part of the variable inputs that go into dairy production, not just here in the U.S., but in Europe and and other places. So if we look at it from that perspective and say, yes, we have high milk prices and that should offset you know, any sort of increase we've seen in, in the input prices over the last few months or year or so, then that should conquer it. I think what what the what I take away from the uh, commodity price movements here in the last week to two weeks is that you kind of have to wipe that off the table. I know under these current price regimes, some people here in-house have done some studies and said on a national average, they think break even is about $21. And in some places like California, where grain is a, you know, has to be imported and it's a you know a bigger piece of the expense if you will then you know you're looking at $22 a hundred weight break even for some of these people and that's here in the US not even in Europe So I guess the takeaway I would say is that this war has caused those input prices to spike and skyrocket. That is going to make it hard for, or I guess that's going to squeeze the margin on dairy farms even more. So from a demand perspective, I'll look at it and say, maybe there's some disruption. I just don't, short of somebody firing off the wrong type of missile and us getting into World War III or at the brink of World War III, then I just don't see this as a huge demand destruction event. However, I will look at this and say this is a supply destruction event, and it's something that is going to probably hinder our milk production growth, at least moving forward, and it'll make it harder for us to get back to growth. Absolutely. No, I agree. A lot of the calls that I've fielded at least, you know, this month, uh, last month, February, a lot of these break-evens across the country are 21, 21 half, getting close to 2175 uh, for a lot of these producers. So that's that's a great point. You know, we've covered a lot on this podcast alone, John, but is there any one last thought you'd like to leave everybody with? I know the charts kind of speak for themselves in the, you know, 10 
almost 11% higher cheddar was the big driving factor here. But is there one last thing on your mind that you'd like to leave everybody before we have the next GDT in about two weeks? Any final thoughts? I guess if I go back to the, the total picture here, I would say that if we look at what we, we talked about at the beginning, which was, yes, home powder made it to a higher price level in the past, right? We're at roughly $4,700 a ton. We've been up to $6,000 a ton on home powder, right? You know, we, we've been higher. But then you say, well, how do we make it higher on this composite index, right? Well, that's because we've never seen the cheese and the fat and the skim milk powder and all of these other commodities come along with it. So right then and there, I'll say the, you know, and I'm just using the GDT today as an example. If you look here in the U.S., cheese and butter and nonfat are all at exceptionally high levels, right? And it's same thing in Europe. But I guess that that actually builds on the, 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 the point I'm trying to make was that this is not one dairy product that is higher. This is all dairy products that are higher. This is not one region right now that is higher and, you know, kind of blowing the doors off of everybody else for some technically specific reason, right, where somebody had to have this type of cheese that was packaged this way, right? Uh, th- that's not what's happening here. This is happening on a global perspective. It's not that New Zealand was down 6% in December, uh, or excuse me, I believe it was for December milk production. It's not that just Europe was down or has been down on milk production. We just had the U.S. print the January milk production report, and it was down 1.6%. That is the largest year-over-year comparison decline, if you will, since 2004. So put it all together, and you just have to look at this and say, across the world, milk production is down. It's not one country, it's everywhere. Across the world, dairy prices are up. It's not one region, it's everywhere. And again, I'll, I'll just reinstate, it's not just whole milk powder that's doing this right now. It is all these dairy products. And I guess, depending on which way you want to look at it, I guess I would look at it and say, this has been a healthy move in the dairy product side of things. It, this didn't just happen all at once. This has been something that's been happening now for six, seven months moving higher. And then finally, if we look at it from the larger global perspective, it's not just dairy that's moved higher. It's all commodities. We are in an inflation-driven market right now for all kinds of reasons that I, I can't even you know, imagine that are causing these inflation, inflationary figures. But the fact is, look at the grain side of things. Look at the energy side of things. Look at the, you know, the lean hogs, look at cattle, look at all of these agricultural products and they're higher. So I guess when I look, what I'm trying to get at here is dairy is not an outlier. The U.S. prices are not an outlier. And in fact, I can go so far as to say that as high as the U.S. dairy prices feel today, they are an outlier in some regards like cheese as compared to the rest of the world because they're significantly cheaper than the rest of the world. And so if I was looking for one outlier in here, it would actually be that point that U.S. cheese is lagging behind the rest of the world and lagging behind a lot of these other dairy products in terms of value on a protein and fat basis. So that would be uh, what I'd like to leave us with. Well, I think about two shows ago, you had actually said uh, there are a lot of things bubbling up in the world to not just drive dairy higher, but more or less a majority of the commodities. And you're, you're definitely not wrong, right? Definitely not wrong in saying that. Do you still think with everything happening, there is still a leg higher for 
some of these just dairy in general commodities. Cody, the gods of trading like to punish me for opening my yapper on a statement like that. But what can I say? I'm a glutton for a punishment. I've never been able to hide my opinion very well. We've kind of, Brian and I uh, have kind of worn our opinion on our sleeve, if you will, and kind of looked at this market and said, I, I feel like we have a real problem here. Again, I can say that the butter market right now, the butter market well, today after this, we made it up to a price of 269 That is a very high price. That is a very painful price for a lot of people. And, and it is also in line with a lot of the rest of the world. It is cheaper, but in line. I guess I would say when we look at the fundamentals of the U.S. butter market right now, I, I feel like we have not seen the high of the year yet, and that was short of $3. When I look at the non-fat market, we just saw New Zealand move to two dollars and it above two dollars, and it did it with impunity. It, it, I mean, it's not slowing down here. I see no reason why that can't drive and drag the U.S. price higher. When it comes to cheese, again, this is where I get punished. I, I've been kind of uh, nitpicking on this one now for several months, and the market drags up, pulls back, drags up, pulls back. Here we are, just short of two dollars. I just, when I look out there in my mind's eye, Cody, I, I don't know what's not going to make that thing explode higher right now due to the amount of export activity that's going on and due to the milk production side of things and due to the class three, four spread and due to a lot of other things right down to, we've got people right now on the demand side of things saying demand is about as good as they can ever remember. It is explosive right now as the world reopens, as food service reopens. I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I look at it and say, I, I, I feel that market, the, the cheddar market here in the U.S. really has some upside to it. And it, even if we go to Matt Gould's forecast, I was just perusing it in there today. You know, you've got some 240 prices on the average for cheddar as we get into Q3. Here we are at $2. I guess, and, and if I really stand back and look at it from the discussion that we've been having today, you know, until I see milk production turn around in the rest of the world, and until I see these input prices turn around, then I'm going to stick to that uh, line. And I, I think we're supported to moving higher in most products, but cheddar, I definitely think has upside. Absolutely. Well, depending on what side of the coin you're on, uh, it'll sound like very, uh, very good telltale signs. And with that, I think it's going to do it for our podcast uh, on this 1st of March. John, we appreciate your insight as always. Um, if anybody has any questions or comments, please get a hold of John or myself, and we will be sure to answer them on the next podcast in about, what are we, two weeks from now? Looking forward to it, Cody. Awesome. Thank you, sir. But until next time, everybody, have a great couple of weeks. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.